looked at the the, the clock. I thought it's like one o'clock. Uh, it's like two o'clock. I don't know where the time's gone. It's been like racing, which is a good sign because if I'm having fun, well, hopefully you're having fun listening in the car or on the home. Uh, James Blake, explain to the listeners around the world how they can listen to Men's Radio Station. Okay, there are very many ways you can listen to the Men's Radio Station. Nicely first said. All, Excellent can, introduction. Hold I've on. been trained by the best. Thank you, Thank very, you much. very much. Um, you can first of all go to www.mensradiostation.com to listen live or listen to all of our other shows. We have lots of podcasts and interesting topics we have. You can also go to our Facebook page to listen, which is facebook.com forward, forward slash Men's Radio STN. I can't say slash. In the sentence, I have to say facebook.com forward slash. Uh, or you can go to our Twitter handles. You didn't even Instagram finish handles. the end of the address. Would you like Did to finish, I not finish the, the end? Of the no, you, you Facebook. Didn't. <laughs> I got nervous. We got, we got into, got lots of we got into your personal problems. We got into your personal problems, which are of <laughs> okay. no interest. My lack of an pronunciation. Oh, okay, which is You're not ready for radio. Facebook.com, men's radio STN. Listen yeah. live and comment along. We love your comments. Thank you very we much really for do. all the comments or you've got today. Or we can phone, and I think it's time to pay tribute to the great David Mindel in the south of France. Uh, David, just for you. makes me laugh Amazing. so he makes me laugh so much on facebook because he has uh, he's been living down in the south of france for about 40 years and <laughs> he loves it speaking of uh, facebook we do have some comments which do, well then go ahead young fellow and read, read them out with alacrity and charm alacrity and charm yes uh, so first of all lee dernford says hi russ and oh team. hi lee uh, we're having lee's coming on or possibly not maybe he won't maybe potentially who maybe, knows but sometime in the future maybe if he feels in the mood we'll have to speak or to the not. producer and uh, see what happens. Oh, hang on. Um, well, you can look in the mirror and talk to yourself. Great. You're great. Um, <laughs> <laughs> You're talking to me. Uh, Bernadette Fogharty says, Hi, Catherine and Catherine and Karen. Hope you're enjoying the show today. Russ is buzzing. Uh, Lee is, also that, is that good or what does that mean? Is that Russ good or bad? It means buzzing. He's buzzing. shit. No, buzzing. Or is, is that good? Oh, thank God. Thank God for that. Okay. Buzzing, buzzing is a, is a good word. I don't want to go home covered in ignominy. And then Lee also says, I took my teenage girls to see the Vamps at Hammersmith a few years read ago. Read it slowly. <laughs> like, like people can understand what you're saying. It's a giant paragraph. But, um, but just read it slowly. It's an interesting paragraph. I know where you're going. This is from Lee Durnford, who very kindly got me some cigars. I've never met Lee before. Out of the blue, a Facebook friend. He said, I'm, I'm going to the Dominican Republic. Would you like some cigars? I said, would I like to breathe? Yes. How fantastic. We met up. Never met him before. We met in a railway station. Cigars were handed over. How fantastic is that? Lovely. Well, Social Lee, media at its best. Lee says, I took my there teenage cigars. girls. It wasn't heroin. What are you looking at me like that? I'm not a drug dealer. <laughs> That's just the way you said so a bit on Facebook. I, I, I did. I met him off. We met on Facebook. We'd never <laughs> met before. I had to, he said I'd be wearing a suit. He described his tie. I had to describe what I would look. What's the matter? What's going on? What's happening here? Ah, yes. We have to. I always find it's better if you talk into the mic as opposed to just kind of... Yeah, we're getting on to our next guest we're in a minute, <laughs> but I'm just listening to this very good. Uh, go on, right? Start again. I took my daughter. Lee Durnford says yes. I took my teenage girls to see the Vamps in Hammersmith a few years ago. I oh. managed to get in because somebody had a spare ticket. I was amazed, and a real band that actually played real music. Yep, I thoroughly enjoyed it, despite being surrounded by two thousand screaming teenage girls. I still listen to their music today. The, ba the Vamps are very good. Vamps are very I, good. I, I, I admire any band that actually write. They're not manufactured. They're put together organically. They believe. It's like the 1975 and Denise Welsh's son. You know, they believe in themselves. And if you build it, he will come. There's a wonderful picture 
now was it the Reading Fest? One of these huge festivals this year. And Denise posted a picture of her son and his mates who had bought tickets to go and see this festival. And this year they were headlining in front of like 100,000 people. And I think that's just life, you know, summed up. We also have one last comment, which is going to lead greatly into our next guest, which is Angela O'Brien says, hi, Mark. So, yes. How does, that, how does, that, how does that help that? Because Explain our next guest, that, our next that guest is, is uh, Mark Savage. <laughs> <laughs> what's, the na- what's the name of the other guest that I have to... Oh, yeah. Peter Strange. Peter yeah, Strange. Wait a minute. We are building up the Fantastic Four here. <laughs> this is great. We've got Peter Strange who does <coughs> kinesio... Help me out. Kinesiosis? Kinesi- you know, you're looking at me like I'm talking Chinese. Kinesiology. And I, I can't help it. I always pronounce his name Peter Strange and he really gets pissed off. And now we've got Mark Savage. So all we're missing now is like, you know, Freddy Fantastic or something. And we've got like, we can build towards the Fantastic Four. Right. Mark Savage, actor, welcome. Thank you for being so... Your face is so familiar. So familiar. Seriously. Oh, right. Um, have we, we have... Because I'm, I'm half mad. We haven't met, have we? We've never met. Not but your I'm face aware. is so familiar. So your voice is so familiar. Well, that's us. the weird I thing. I grew up on the flying. Oh, bless you, bless you. You're very, you're very you're older than you look. And so you and Matteo, you know each other. You, yes. You're old friends, or what? What's that? So you owe you money, or how does this work? Marks. You might want to sit in a more less casual way, Matteo. You're not on holiday, so just pretend we're in the radio studio and, and talk into the mic. The mic doesn't seem to be working very well, James Engineer. Hang on. Keep keep chatting away. Nope, still sounds rubbish. Come here, yell into the... I'll change the mic. Mark Mark has worked with my brother on um, a film and he's done a play with him called Dear Bertie. Which was uh, obviously I'm not going to steal your thunder. I'll let Mark talk about the work he's done with my yeah, brother. My there you go. There you go. That's my interest. <laughs> that's, that's very good. Ma- thank you so much for coming. Thank you. I, where have I seen your? Seriously, you on t- you do TV and movies and stuff or what? Why, why do I know you so well? TV and you done loads of and I started out in Grange Hill. I don't know if you used to watch the back, but Grange Hill. Wow, 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 wow. Yep. Have I got the right one? Yes, no, absolutely that, right Thank one. you. That's Look, it, yes. No good asking you. Oh, you wouldn't even no, know what Grange Hill is. Time. Who did you work with on Grange Hill? I'm overexcited suddenly. Got Who? the vamps and now Grange Hill. What more do I want? Actors was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who uh, did you I started out. Uh, uh, well, Todd Carty he was still on oh it. Oh, my when God. I was doing it. EastEnders, Todd Carty. Sort of yes. uh, what a career his had. Blimey. Terry Sue Pat, um, Paul McCarthy, uh, who else? Lindy Brill, uh, Mark Baxter. Who did you play? Uh, Gripper Stebson. <laughs> You gotta love. Sounds like one of your characters. Right, let's see if your mic's working, Matteo. No, 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 and uh, and Dennis has joined. If you're wondering who this is, this is this is Dennis. He's very 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 shy, and he heads up our social media. So well done, Dennis, because Dennis has to be dragged in here, kicking and screaming. Um, God bless one. Yeah, and um, I want to be alone. And uh, I have this pile of books, so I dipped. I haven't read it cover to cover, but I have dipped in and out. Thank I you. Do, I do that because I keep it in. I keep your books in. God knows why they're in my kitchen. So I'm sitting down at the counter. That's how I eat. I put it at the counter. I, I read the books. Okay, so it is. He, he writes well, doesn't he? Very. I'm, well. I'm going to talk like he's not in the room. <laughs> and he's lost weight. 
Do you know what, though? Seriously, it's coming on here, obviously. It's just that thing. You do get a little bit... I certainly do get anxious and whatever do else. Really? Yes. Yeah. What did you think? What was... What was? You see, I always say, all right, okay, I try and calm myself down. I go, Russell, what's the worst case scenario? So what did... You, just out of pure curiosity for mental health and well-being, what was your worst case scenario about coming on today as a um, guest? For me, I guess it's sort of worried about being judged. As it, you know, like, I'll probably listen to this back and I'll think, "Oh God, shouldn't have said this, really? shouldn't have said that." Yeah, really? certainly for me, being an actor, I, I hide behind characters, of course. Um, yeah. And so, in a sense, revealing yourself. However, I got a text off Matteo this morning to let me know he was coming on. So I looked yeah. on Twitter, and you know what? My what? anxiety just subsided. Oh. Oh, <laughs> and now it's ramped up again. It got worse because I thought, oh no, I'm not going to be able to get a word in edgeways with Matteo. He's a very. It it's was. Great. It was a very tough interview. Very tough. It was. It was hard to get anything out of him. But I guess it's just down to my skill that he didn't shut up. I was listening to it. I was in stitches. He's, it was he's fantastic. It's a, a funny you. guy, and he writes like he talks, which is great. Really great. Now. Here is something. This I was reading all this about you, and I got very excited. It says um, human issue, right? Yep. Talk, talk me through this this piece, because it's it, this is just like it's like it was written for the radio station. To be honest with you, I mean it wasn't, but it could have been. Um, yeah, human issue. It's written by Dean Moynihan. Um, it's a sixty-minute right. It's a one-man meta theatrical play. I, I, when I read that, I'm going to be absolutely honest with you. I thought I have no idea what that means. When I read that, Russ, I, I had to oh, search engine God. it as thank well. Thank God, Absolutely. it was just me. It's no, Dean's just, he's, intellectually, he's, he's way ahead of me. Um, so, James, I'm, I'm what does that mean, James? Uh, have you Googled it yet? Uh, please phone back later so I can oh, Google fine, it. thanks. <laughs> uh, your calls are important to us. It's a, are important. a play within a play. Is it? Yeah. Meta. Meta. Meta theatre. Yes. Meta theatre. Go on, uh, James, I want a proper definition. Uh, it's a play within a play. Well, like Hamlet. Is it Hamlet? In a sense. Yeah, There you go. Now, Dean actually kind of akin, if if, if, the, uh, if Human Issue was to be compared to any play, it's like Hamlet. Okay. Um, cool. Although I'm not quite Hamlet. Um, but you could be. Why couldn't you be Hamlet? It's sort of about 25, I think. Mm. Yeah. Okay, moving no. on. <laughs> you could be Macbeth. Is Hamlet the one there with the skull? What's this? Is Hamlet the one with the skull? No, that's Carry On Up the Kyber. That's Carry On Up the Kyber. So, alas, poor Yorick, I knew him, a fellow of infinite jest. That, that's, that's, uh, that's, yes. that's uh, Hamlet. Hamlet, yes. yeah. Macbeth is pushy wife, kill everybody. And Macbeth is everyone, lots of blood. Basically, um, pushy, pushy, pushy. Basically, it's Hillary Clinton. Basically, Hillary in Scotland. Clinton, in basically, Scotland, that's what enough. it is. I also have a definition for uh, meta theatre. We're like ready. To have of course, it. we want it. <clears throat> of course. Um, meta theatre and the closely related term meta drama describes the aspects of a play that draw attention to its nature as a drama or theatrical production or to the circumstances of its performance. I'm really none the wiser. I'm going to be absolutely. Just gone right. I, I have yeah, not a clue what you do. I've got to tell you, James. It's a play within a play. All right, exactly play within a play. Yeah. Yeah, all right, we can get behind that. I like play within a play. All right, so carry on. Um, so yeah, it's about Frank. Um, he's a struggling stand-up comedian. Oh, um, hang on, resonating suddenly. <laughs> yeah. uh, so the play opens up with Frank in his empty flat. The bailiffs oh. have repossessed all, near, oh almost God. everything he owns. Um, and he's he's seriously contemplating becoming another male 
uh, anonymous statistic. Oh, of, of, of killing himself? Yeah. Okay. Um, but first, he has one or two important things he feels he likes to say. And it's really, with Frank, because of his age, he's around... I'm putting him around 49, um, and that is at the moment, um, statistically, um, the age group that is at most at risk yep. of death by suicide. Absolutely. Um, and what I've been reading through research is also that around that age group, when they were 22, that was the highest age group as well. Those are the so two the biggest same, So the, are you saying the same The same group generation, of, of same group of people at 22 wow. w w was statistically at the, the most So risk. James, you've escaped. You're right, you're 24. Okay. No, but I think those you are the two. I know what you're saying, which is that it was the same, you know, if you were born in like 1970 or whatever, it's the same thing. But I also think those are the two biggest brackets for um, male suicide. Is they the, is they are, but what, right, like what Mark is saying, it's the same group yeah, who then the same, let 20 yeah. years elapse and then suddenly all the demons come. Rushing Generation back. X. Generation X, absolutely. Generation X. Yeah, yeah, he was reading a report on BBC about that. Yeah, it's apparently men born in the 1960s and 1970s are, are most at risk. Why? It, it is. The, the research is fascinating. The statistics are an absolute horror. And yeah. that, is, that is actually, and I, I do bang on about this, this is really why we started Men's Radio Station. It was just yeah. one day doing the newspaper review on BBC Radio London, and the stats came out that day, and I thought, my God, 80% men, 20% women, we've got to do something about it. So we, we created this radio station to run in parallel with women's radio station. So where is this piece being being done? It's part of Clapham Fringe at the Bread and Roses Theatre. The Red and... Bread and Roses. Bread. I, I'm sorry. I, no, it's no, me. I'm not... Um, no, 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 He's an actor. Don't tell him that. Don't give him notes. <laughs> Giving you notes. Um, <coughs> no, quite, they do. We quite like that, Mark. Mark, I just wonder if you could just just hold it back a little bit and yet give more. <laughs> right, thank you. That'd be lovely, lovely. Okay, love. Sorry from the top. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> there's, there's nothing worse. There's nothing worse when you're trying to do. Something. <laughs> I've sat in. <laughs> I used to do a little bit of theatre. I'd sit in the in the audience during rehearsal. Sorry, love. Sorry, love. Can I just stop you there? Let's. <laughs> This would crack me up because <laughs> it was so intrusive. <laughs> anywho, flow, yes. anywho, although my favourite was when we, we, we did the first day of rehearsals for Peter Pan, right? First day of rehearsals and the director, who's kind of a friend of mine now, uh, I'd never heard of him, he had a pretty ferocious reputation, he said, and his opening words were all sitting there, as me, Russ Abbott and everyone, he goes, let me just start by saying, I hate pantomime. <laughs> <laughs> this opening sentence, right? We've got three months of this ahead of us. And I looked at Russ Abbott, we looked at each other, oh, Christ, <laughs> that, was, that was the beginning of it. And then he came back to see the show, he said, how, how, how was it? I won't say his name, because he's a very nice guy. So after we'd been running, we was like, yes, it was good, but too much like pantomime. <laughs> we're thinking we're packing them out, 2,000 seats a day, twice a day. I've come to see pantomime. Um, right, so it's on at the, at the Bread and Roses, which is in Clapham. Bread and Roses, 68 Ooh. Clapham Manor Street. Okay. Where's that? How near to the? How near is that to the uh, the common? Anywhere near? Uh, yes, um, about five minute walk. Okay, all right. Uh, okay. It's between Where Clapham Common I'm Station right, right, and Clapham right. North, I believe it is. Oh, I know what you mean. Okay, and how long is it on for? We just has it started yet? Uh, the Clapham Fringe has started. Yeah. Uh, but uh, Human Issue is next Sunday at five p.m. Oh. We're doing just the one. Wow, that is a l hell of a lot of work, Mark. If you don't mind me saying so, for the one. 
You're going to then tour it, or what are you going to do? Hopefully, yeah. Hopefully, we, we're going to take it to other venues and whatever. We're in talks with other people. Now, just um, be good for German Street, actually. Um, mm. I was just thinking, yeah. be great for German Street Theatre. Howard, Penny, be marvellous. One-man show. You see, that's, that's uh, that. I'm already thinking of the logistics of they that. Do. Not like a 12-man show. One-man show. Probably very little scenery. Would be fantastic for German Street. I have been talking. I think it's Tom... Tom Litter. To the, is that the artistic director there? Yes. Okay. okay. Uh, but yeah, it, German Street would be an absolute it would be, fantastic it'd be, it'd be, thing it'd be for lovely, it. It'd be lovely. Yep. Do that. Uh, maybe we could do it. Oh, you know what would be great? Do it in conjunction with us. We'd be, we'd, we'd be honoured and thrilled. That would um, be fantastic. Would it work as a radio play? Yes, I believe it would. Um, I mean, is it very, is it very, I mean, you're a visual guy because, you know, I can see all the expressions and everything. So I'm joking aside, because you're an actor. But yeah. Would it work as an audio piece? Um, maybe not actually. Um, I'm slowly morphing into Frank actually as I'm, I'm, we're getting nearer. I'm, I'm becoming Frank. Yeah. And this is, is that scary? What becoming Frank? Seriously. Yeah. No, it's a serious question. Is that scary? Uh, Cause he's, he's, he's contemplating suicide. So when you, place. so when you, yeah. and he's in a bad, as, as James said, you're in a bad place. I don't mean you, it's the character no, Frank. Yeah. And then you say I'm morphing into him and it, it's quite scary how as an actor you get subsumed by the person that you're playing because it's not you you're not frank no but right while doing the whole plot just right so frank is he's a struggling stand-up comedian he's considering doing this because of his age and uh, being the buffer generation frank's sort of, he's a bit retiring of um articulating himself because of the language he uses unintentionally maybe is not so politically correct anymore. Right. So that, but that's sort of, so that's where he's got his angst. But is now that affecting, Is that affecting his, because you say he's a struggling stand-up, so is he sort of living in the... Uh, past, maybe. He's sort of living in the, I can't remember the blooming name of him, you know, the Eddie... Oh, Jim Davidson. The Jim, all right, say so let's say it's Jim Davidson. Oh, no, Good. no, he's, he's not as bad as Jim Davidson. Uh, sorry, or, he's, you know, still he's not like Jim Davidson. Who is hugely or, successful and sells uh, out wherever yeah, yeah, he goes, yeah, no, let's right, not forget that. Right, yeah, he upsets people. In, in, in that vein, I guess, um, it's a gen, maybe it's a generational thing. Let me thing. ask you this, because you're, you're an actor, and, 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 you, and, you, and you write, Matteo. So let's just look at somebody like a Jim Davidson. I'm not quoting him as a, a or, or even Bobby, oh. Bobby Davro is a mate. And people say, well, they're old-fashioned comedians, which, which they are. Are we right to be... Uh, when people say, I'm very offended by that, do we, are we supposed to care that they're very offended or just say, get on with it, don't go and see his show? Yeah. And it's a genuine question. I'm not coming with my answer, by the way. No, a great quote. Um, we were talking about this kind of thing, actually, myself and Dean, while we've been rehearsing this. And I think Dean has, has sort of said about... Um, Ricky Gervais. Yes. And apparently Ricky Gervais has said, no one has died of offence. Well, this is true. And so I guess true. that's absolutely it. Right. And the fact is with... I've, I'm probably going to live to regret to say not as bad as Jim Davidson. That will probably be... No, you're not, no you're not. You're not. No. Because a lot of people... You know, everyone's so sensitive. And, and somebody like... Uh, Jane, and I'm not being rude. You're 24, James. I know I, I go on about it because I find the, the difference... In, uh, uh, but I find the... You know your world perspective is fascinating because it's obviously very different from mine. I'm a lot older than you, but you, Jim, Jim Davidson would mean nothing to you, whereas he was a huge, huge star here and still on live fills theatres 
to the rafters. But, but the thing people is, love it. The thing is, it's like if people can get offended by a certain breed of co comedy, mm. then you start a new one. Now, if we go back to the early 80s, mm. people get offended by uh, Mike Reed, the, the comedians, Freddie Starr. So you had Rick Meyer, Agent Edmondson, and people like that, Peter Davidson, coming along with a whole new brand of humour. You mean Peter Kay? No, 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 Peter, no, no, Peter Davidson, he was, he was one of the writers of The Young Ones. Oh, one of the writers. Like, like, like the Young Goodness. Ones. So yeah, Comics That Presents and The Young yes, Ones. Yeah. So they, 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 instead of, the, now Rick Mayer, they could have easily said, well, we don't like this and get offended and go on about being yeah. offended. What they'd done was they created their own sense of humour, a whole new thing. Well, so it's called alternative com comedian. comedian. And, and then those existing comedians say, it's alternative comedians because it's not funny. Yeah. Yeah, well, of so course, we look now, look back at them now, and French and Saunders are like national. Tra it's a Rick Mail yeah. hugely missed, uh, right. a, a, genius. A, a, and you look back at them now; they're national treasures. But at the time, they were, you know, Ben Elton, elder statesman of scriptwriting, now with Black exactly. Adder and all, and yeah, Thin Blue Line, and the rest of it. And at the time, who were these upstarts? Exactly, things move on. So people yeah, things even, evolve. People just get offended, but they're not offering an alternative. That's that was my point. So it's obviously the Agent Emerson and Rick Mayer and French and Saunders. Yeah. I would say they were nobodies. They were on the fringe of things, for want for better words. And they, they kept but, on pushing but no it. No one had heard of them. No one had heard they of them. They were starting that, and, that, and that starts. So if people do get offended by certain comedians now, then do your own comedy. Show, show me what's more funnier. It's, it's very interesting. It, it, it's, it's such a thing we can talk about. And I talk about it, and you say, well, what's this got to do with the ethos of men's radio station? Everything. Because it's about well-being. If you go to a, a comedy store or, you go, or a comedy club or you go to the theatre, you know, it's part of what you do. It's part of your entertainment. It's how, part of how you spend your life. So it's part of well-being because it means yep. you're not working. Um, and I never know if theatre is meant to be entertaining or it's meant to be educational. You, you, can, you can pick it. Right. But no one has ever said, as Joan Rivers who died way too young. I was a huge Joan Rivers fan. She said, everything, you can joke about everything. If somebody gets upset about it, fine. I mean, she barracked a heckler because she was talking about being deaf and somebody started shouting out or something and she just wiped the floor Genius. with this guy. Genius. And I said, don't talk to me about disabilities. You know, my husband, I've grown up with him, we've lived together and he's got one leg. Don't talk to, don't you yeah. dare presume to lecture me about disabilities. And I think that's that's true. She would make, she would joke about anything because it kind of takes the terror out of it, doesn't it? Do you, do you think that? Or yes. I'm talking rubbish. I no, definitely. No, 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 you make, you make, definitely. you make, 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 back about, about, about people being too easily offended. I mean, that's a whole potato. We could be here all day long, but you know, if you are easily offended, then I don't know what the answer is. It, it's, but, <laughs> it's, but, I don't know. I can't help you. Not you. You, you can't. You can't start. It, it's. You've made a fascinating point. If you don't like something, do something yourself. So we thought there wasn't enough about mental health and well-being. We took the risk, invested our own money, yeah, and started a couple of radio stations. All right. Mm. If you think every, if you don't like the way people write books, write your own book. Which, which Matteo's gone, gone and done. And if you think, well, these people aren't funny, you go and write a stand-up routine. Go ahead, go ahead yeah. and write it, and then go out on the board and, 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 and road test it and see how it, see how it works. That's not as a threat. That's if you really want to do something, be proactive about it, and just sit there, you know, trolling people. It's just rubbish. <laughs> what? No, trolling is just the way it goes at the moment. We were just talking about certain things. People now think by liking something or sharing something, they've, they've contributed to society to some degree. You've still got to go out and do it. You know, it's, it's See, all of this is actually, this is exactly what Frank actually orates. 
he's this decided. This is why I was so fascinated with when I read the, the uh, yeah. background to your play. And it's because there, Frank, he's, he he says he doesn't actually want to do it. He's just so frustrated. I guess it's part of his cultural kind of upbringing. We can go on about that, you know, our masculinity, how we deal with that. Sometimes um, it can be male, can be kind of through anger, fear, mm-hmm. all, all of our all emotions. Of all of those yeah. things. Reading Matteo's book, I could really, the rooster, I say, I say, I say, you know, <laughs> whoa, there's a problem once he says that. Yeah. But it, there's a comedy in it, and also there's a real strong message in there that once rooster starts saying that, you get out of his way. Yeah. And it's just understanding, and also as well, even though if you don't, I grew up around White City. I went to school around around White City. I started doing Grange Hill. My first job was around White City. When I was reading Tales of Agro, I could rem- reminisce yeah. of when we was coming from the BBC, going to Greyhound Road to do our uh, l- yeah, location. Wow. That's where it was. Yeah. And we would be passing all of these characters. Yeah. In the, the, the 80s, when it, it, some of it is set. It was just, yeah, it's true, it's, it's real. And the, the thing is, is I actually grew up in, in, in the suburbs, but we had those characters still in the suburbs. They're the everywhere. World, they're everywhere. The world was, yeah. <laughs> for for better words, people think that it's mad now. It was mad then. But we loved it. We embraced this madness. We met a rooster in the world. We met this mad drug dealer. Me, my friends and I, we didn't run from them. We engaged with them. We spoke to them. We got to know them. We knew that we were a mod gang in the suburbs. We, we liked talking to the nutters because <laughs> the nutters were more fun to talk to than the teachers. And any book that has a character yeah. called Rocking Wilf Savage in it, well, you've got Rocking. to read it. Yeah, and there's a hashtag there that free rocking wolf and rocking wolf is innocent. That needs to get trending. (laughs) (laughs) You really have read the book. I have, mate. I think my my hashtag for this week was when uh, my friend David Mendel, who lives in the south of France because he's semi-retired musician, a writer, and posts pictures of the view and everything, and I just write, pray for David. (laughs) <laughs> sending thoughts and prayers um, wow I, I, I'm, I'm loving today this is Men's Radio Station where men really talk in conversation with actor Mark Savage and Matt oh, I'm gonna, I, I'm, I've got away with pronouncing his name so far just say Matteo no 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 I can't I can't do it properly Matteo Cedazari ok dodge that bullet back in a moment you're listening to Men's Radio Station where men we don't know where Dennis has gone. He's like Will of the Wisp. We, we look round. He's, he's just coffees. He's gone to get coffees. Uh, uh, yeah, that'll be a first in the history of both radio stations. <laughs> uh, the voice you just heard Matt, is uh, Matteo Celazari. If I say it with that kind of, uh, you know, like I'm a, a little tiny bit part actor, actor in Godfather Two, I can get away with it. Otherwise, I can't pronounce it. Uh, he's uh, written a great book called Tales of Agro. If you can get that and, and Crafty Cigarette, and with us now as well, Mark Savage, actor. Whose play? I'm just. Uh, I'm reading about this because he says As soon as I see, I've got a question. This. As soon as I see the word existential, I gotta go. What? I never understand what an existential crisis is because the character Frank, yeah, has what? Being authentic. 
What is? Existential. Uh, but, uh, this is my take. <laughs> I'm asking <laughs> the bloke who's in it. I should have got here an hour Talk earlier. Yeah. When I saw that Matteo was God, on this, honey. I thought, at least I'm not going to have to say too much. Talk I about building your part. <laughs> Talk <laughs> about coming up from the chorus <laughs> and taking the limelight. I mean, it's not like we've got the... the it's a one-man play. Not like they've got the actor who's playing the bloke in the studio. <laughs> I'm so sorry, Mark. You never know the calibre of the guest you're going to get. James will be having words. I want to review these guests in future and make sure they have surnames that I can pronounce. Well, I Mark do... Mark Savage, I can pronounce. I do know that... Cesare, I can pronounce. I do know that very kindly, Matteo and his brother Paolo are coming next week, so I think I may have a problem sure. with a heckler. Christ. <laughs> Talking about you think you're getting notes to be verbal. Well, I don't agree with but, that bit. I don't agree with that yeah. bit, mate. What did you say? What? You mean like... We went to see a, a friend of ours is Gary uh, Gary Wilmot, one of the nicest guys, and he's written a, a terrific play, which is not. I thought it was going to be a comedy. It wasn't. It was a very tense psychological thriller, and this is a slight. And, and I went down with a pal of mine to, to see this and support Gary, and in front of us is this woman who is eating the biggest, loudest bag of crisps I've ever heard in my life. And the noise was just the whole time. And at the end of the play, she stood up with, and said, wasn't it a great play? And my friend, Henry O'Neill, said, I wouldn't know because I couldn't hear it over crisps. <laughs> the, whole, the whole row applauded. So, Matteo, I'm saying that to you. Top tip. Top tip. <laughs> Don't eat crisps oh, during no, a very tense one-man play. He'll turn up with a big bag next he week. Have, like crisps, <laughs> Doritos, dip. <laughs> Like my aunties, we used to go and see Panto, and it was the first my first theatre memory. We had the second row, and uh, they brought sandwiches. You think they were going to block off the theatre for six months? We had enough food there, right? So, after so, are you going to tour the play? That's what I was trying to get to. Would very much like to. Yes, it's it's the, obviously it's a story that I think needs to get out there. Um, the way it's dealt with as well. It's um, so Frank basically he finds his voice it's which is very important i think as frank goes through the play um and he he just gets out everything that he needs and actually he finds that that is very it's cathartic he actually says it's a cathartic experience for him at the end so ultimately it's a story of hope and a, a celebration of life the last thing to come out of pandora's box was what did i tell you uh, you got me there hope was it? Yeah, and I always think in, in life, if you don't, I, I totally yep. understand, yep. you know, when we're talking about suicide and we're talking about what Frank, this character in your play, is contemplating, and we deal with this so much on men's radio station, if you lose hope, you, you're just lost. There is, there kind yes. of gets, I totally understand, there is no point. If you don't have the hope of whatever silly little thing it might be, if you lose that one thing that is the most important ingredient in life is is hope. I, I, I honestly believe that. So Definitely. it's wonderful for you to say in the end of it, it's a story of, of, of hope. It's thank God for that because, you know, if you come out of a piece and it's absolutely hopeless uh, in its real sense, I don't mean it's badly written, but I mean there's no hope. It, it's a very dark and uh, and sad experience. There's no uplift to it. Oh. Not at all. No, Frank goes on. It, it's a. It really is a journey for Frank. Um, I think what happens. The way my interpretation of it, and looking at all of the evidence that's out there um, about this, uh, about suicide, mm -hmm. um, is that Frank has. He's got a masculine ideal, which is 
very high. Mm. And Frank isn't quite living up to that at the moment, his own expectations. Throughout the journey, Frank really realizes that if he lets go a little bit of stuff and he can adapt to life, then he can find a resolution of, of, of getting on. And also, um, there's a lot of stuff, there's some great lines in it. Dean's written some really masterful lines. Uh, can, we, can we get a teaser? Uh, yeah, sure. Um, some ones that spring spring to mind. Um, just going on about how lonely we we let ourselves become simply oh, yes. by avoiding revealing our faults and inadequacies to each other, mm -hmm. and um, which is very true. Absolutely. And fr as Frank goes through, he's he, yeah he's playing with this. He's um, also he, he says it with a very a dark philosophical acerbic wit. There's some very important stuff there that I do made me think. Mm. Well, and Frank is he's a, he's not your typical hero. He's he's rather an anti-hero really, um, and he just admits he admits he's got fault, faults and failures. Um, but then he'll maybe provoke the audience and question the audience. But are you not like that too? Um, it's because we think we have to be perfect. And yes. don't forget the male stereotypical type is, uh, you know, is Arnold Schwarzenegger, is Bruce Willis, is James Bond. And you think, well, that, that, that's a guy. You know, that's the sort of guy you, you, you want to you be Sylvester Stallone. That's, that's the guy. Because, you know, Bond doesn't have any faults. It's only now in 2019 he's slightly... Uh, you know, things uh, they've had. I mean, they've had to move it along, but that's what we grew up with. You know, this is what you want to be a yep. man. You got to be uh, like kind of James Bond, and um, you you can't live up to that. You can't. It's impossible to live up to that sort. Of, I don't mean we're going to be secret agents and yep. kill people. Nope. Um, but as Frank drive Aston Martins, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah, and as Frank says exactly, and um, as Frank points out, we live in a society that expects that we should be happy all the time, and mm. how are we supposed to live up to that? Mm. Uh, and again, and we've got our head of social media here. That's all right, Dennis, I'm not going to ask you to talk. I know you, you absolutely <laughs> on, go like, oh, my God, oh, my God, I'm going to hide under the table. Um, um, for someone to share, it's, it's interesting. You're fascinated because you're voracious on social media, and yet you're so quiet in real life. Yeah, I think, I think that's the thing with people behind screens. People, people behind the screen. You can he, easily he, hide. He's very upbeat. Oh, he's very upbeat. No, he's great upstairs. He's not miserable. Yeah. <laughs> he's a delightful, charming, and, and very upbeat fellow. It's, it, it's, it's the whole thing. We, it's also in life, um, and not just men, but, you know, it's as though you have the right to be happy. And you, you, you don't have the right to be happy. It would be lovely if you are happy, but it's not written in some sort of celestial contract that you will be born and you have the right to be. You want to be happy. It's a much better place to be. You need, you need balance. You can't. You have to have both, right? Absolutely. You have to have ups and downs. Yeah. How, how much you see it's interesting going well, that, why I was talking mentioning Dennis from social media is that if you take social media as real <laughs> as opposed to not real which <laughs> is, which is, you know you look at everybody and I don't look at that that way I use it as a, as a as a tool but other people look at it and they go wow you know she's fabulous look at wow look at that house yep. look at that new car we oh compare. they're look at that food yeah. oh their life is so much better well you don't see all the crappy things that happen to them all the rousing yeah, we filter it's a filter. I mean, yeah. th that's why I've taken. Fa I mean, I still use Facebook the same as you to promote things. Yeah. I've taken off my phone because I can. I've suddenly realised I'm reading more books since I've done that. 
because yes. I'm not. What, I'm a, what a mystery! I wonder if we could join the dots on that. <laughs> yeah, one. because you said, but you, I, I, you know, I, I, I don't know if it's my thing, but I've been on that whole thing because I live on my own, etc., etc. I'll have that Friday nights a few years ago. Where I'll be school in front. I see all these people, all these parties and clubs. And I think, oh my god, I'm on my own. And the, blah, blah, blah. Did it bother you? It, but then, because I couldn't give a stuff. I then, genuinely couldn't give a couldn't no, give the monkeys. But, but like okay. I said, it lasted for a little while, and then I was like, well, hold on, if, uh, you know, I, do I really want these people? And no, I don't. If I did, I'd be out with them anyway. So yeah. you know. But that is that yeah. is exactly the point. If you you've got the choice, if you wanted to be there, you you, you could be. If you had yeah. no friends, it's a, that puts you in. A, oh, come yeah. on, Dennis, come yeah. on. I, come I, on. I, I also wow. think that make a note in your diary, James. I, Dennis I, is speaking. I also think that like your your the, the way that you use social media also develops as you age. Because yeah. um, I remember when Facebook first came came out. I also used it the way younger people now would use it. Like you post everything yeah. about your life, but. Yeah. Right now, even though I'm a social media manager, I don't really use Facebook and I don't have an Instagram account. So it kind of develops as you age. You use it for business yeah. if, if you age, whereas if you're younger, you need more sort of validation. I mean, it's interesting because James, who I know I bang on about being 24, but I say that as a point, you're not on social media. No, nope, not don't. at all. And our twins, who are 21, won't have anything to do with it and came off it completely. One of them won't even have an email account and took off because they said, we're too busy. We're, we're, we're working, we're studying, we're reading, we're doing stuff. We, it's an intrusion. They, I, we, I they, own, they, they, and it's, it's funny what Dennis says because I only have a Facebook account now for work. Yes. Because yeah. we obviously broadcast off of Facebook. Because I, I kind of drove one. you yep. mad. Please get a Facebook account. Basically, yeah. So how do we operate? So we mm -hmm. can use it off a of Facebook sort of yeah. thing. But otherwise, I think it's such a time-consuming thing. I did actually have a... a Facebook profile on human issue issue which someone sent me that said um, social media can seriously damage your mental health. True. Oh, it can. It, it can. It's how it's used. You see, I enjoy it? it, and I've met some fabulous people. Uh, I made some genuine. I'm not talking about the fake. You know, people say, "Well, somebody wrote." I said, "Well, I don't know them. If I'm not getting upset about, it, I've never met them. I don't know who they are." You know, somebody's wrote something, and I don't. And I said, "Well, they're not a power mine. They're just, you know, I got five thousand people on my site. You know, I don't know them all, but some, are, but some have become very good. Yeah. Friends. I mean, genuine friends that it's we've met up, and got on famously, and, and now they're, course, you know, real friends, yes. and it's lovely. Exactly. And I've seen the great thing about Facebook when it first came out. I tracked down friends that I grew up with. Yeah. Some like moved to America, or moved yeah, to Australia. Sure. So like a girlfriend I had from Derby, I hadn't seen for years. So there's all those, all those positives that come out of it. So it's not all. Do, 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 well, not do. all, no. No, no, no. It's, yeah. it's the way you use it. Yeah. It's, the, what yeah. you, it's what you're trying to get out of it. Exactly. If you're using it as a tool to compare your life to someone else, then it's... It's, it's, so, yeah, yeah, it's, it's lethal. so dangerous. And I, and I, somewhere, I can't remember, the doc, there's a documentary, I'll send you the link, it's on Amazon, which is all about the addiction of of Facebook and the data they're collecting. Along, I mean, you could really... Right. The data they're collecting is scary. Well, we, we <laughs> you know, it's a deal with the devil. It, and either be in it or don't be in it. But if you're in it, don't moan about it because it's up to you yeah. how to control it. Now, yeah. you know, and we've had experts on, uh, and, and certainly some, a lot of the uh, psychiatrists and therapists and counsellors have come on. The people at Facebook are geniuses. Let's not be silly about it. They are geniuses. And it has changed the world. But they do have this thing which they call the dopamine hit. In other words, if that is your mental setup, you need that. Oh, I've got a like. I feel good. Oh, no, I've been <laughs> down again. And you need that constant hit of dopamine. Well, you can either buy into that and get addicted to it, or you can just use it. You can dip in. You can dip out. Have a little say. Have a little laugh. Bugger off. I mean, that, that's, you yeah. know. Unfortunately, some people just 
can't do that. And that's not a weakness. That's human it's a, nature. It's an, it's, a, it's an addiction that's been, you know, it's a new addiction. Mm. In the next five years, there will be no disrespect, not without joking. So there, will, there will be rehabs. There will be people. Of that course, will there be already are. There, there already are. There there these things you can already exist. check yourself into um, the Priory for uh, social media addiction. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. I oh, yes. I no, 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 because it, w- the, one of the beauties of, 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 of starting the radio station is you got into so many different areas that you never sort of never there. knew about. And meeting wonderful people that I wouldn't normally meet as well. But I don't know, have to meet I James. But <laughs> well, I said never meet your heroes. Never every, meet your heroes. Everyone in, um. in one's life a little way must fall. But the, the, the thing about it is, yeah, people are addicted to it. I do think it's horribly sad. Uh, my partner, I think I, my I partner and I were out. It's diversionary, I think, as well, though, isn't it? Yeah. It, what a diversionary? Well, a div- so, yeah. oh, it takes you away from real life. Yes. Yeah. Well, this yeah. is what or I was is it because it can be whatever you want it to be in a sense. You know, whatever people are delving into and comparative. Coming comparing. back to your play yeah. and you, uh, I think there's a there's a wider question I'd like to ask you, which is this: uh, Frank is you've you've said earlier you've, you've pictured him as 49 years old. Yep. And he's been doing stand-up comedy. Presumably, at one point, it went quite well, and now it's kind of tailing off or whatever because he's he's out of it would be seen as he's out of step. Or well, he says in in as part of the the play, um, Frank refers to a fact that uh, he tried to question modern progressive liberal hypocrisy, <laughs> but it backfired on him, and he uh, and he got um, he got outed uh, by an online hate campaign. Um, yeah. And maybe that's a reason why, at the moment, he's going through a bit of a lull in, in, in his oh, career. That's, that's he's not getting that's the bookings. That's so interesting. And getting onto the social media. Yeah, they, they, maybe there's been a, was, a big thing of anti-Frank. My, my, my question really, really, Mark, was this. Is that, you know, some, there are millions of Franks. Yep. millions of Franks. Because there's a lot of people who are 40. Man. There's a lot of people who are like 45 to 55, whatever. And there's a great feeling of like, I am really lost because I don't recognize this landscape anymore and I don't know where the hell I fit in anymore and I don't know what to do anymore. And I I think this is a huge, huge issue, particularly for men. And, I, I, and I'm sorry, that's not being sexist. I think women, are, we know they're much better at talking, at adapting, multitasking and getting their real real feelings communicating but guys can be like really really lost the way you're talking there you are actually paraphrasing an awful lot of frank's lines that's amazing it's it, a bit weird <laughs> it's good <laughs> there's a scene actually when the, talking about my, um, with men I was like, worried I thought you'd been struck dumb for a second I thought Matt had gone into a coma there's, there's a scene in the, which we say, it's in the football factory with Danny Dyer and Frank Harper Danny, Do, Danny Dyer's got this problem he's having these bad dreams and he comes out and he goes to Frank Harper he goes you know what I mean Frank Harper goes yeah yeah yeah, and then the guy goes, "Yeah, thanks for understanding," and walks off. And that's I, I absolutely cracked up with laughter because Frank Harper, Danny Dyer, got, and I come from that world, so from like, where you, you don't talk about your feelings. It's all about right. if, even Charles Vagler has an irony there because everything's got to be about banter in their world. And I come from that, you know, we everything's yeah. got to be a laugh, yeah. and you do get bored of it. Because yeah, I think you get so bored. Oh, you get bored. If it's got to be a wind up, if it's got to be a laugh, yeah. you know, just having a bit of a laugh with you, mate. We after what I come. And that also is exactly, that can be also a bit of passive aggression going on there. Well, I'm only having a laugh with you, mate. Yeah, yeah I hate that. And, I yeah. hate that. Yes. Yeah. I'm only joking. 
and you go, yeah. and that can be said on I, any I, strata. I, I, you don't have to say it like that, it, and you think, I, no, you really meant it. it yeah, it's a form of sort of passive aggressive gaslighting. You can't diffuse. You can't diffuse something that's unpleasant. I'm only kidding. I know someone. I mean, he's I really find that unpleasant. He's not dead. He's no longer. You said unfortunately there. You said he's not dead. Unfortunately, but but he he used that whole banter thing and to bully people. Yeah, and, and I was one of the people when first people stand up to say, no, 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 you're not using that for, for, right. for, for humour. You're using this to manipulate, control people. You're not that funny. You're just using it to be vindictive. Would, oh, but yeah. Frank admits also that he can be passive-aggressive. Yeah. Uh, we all can. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I've done it. I've and done. As he, but Mark, you were talking about Ricky Gervais, and there's a bit in The Office, which was touched with genius, to be honest with you. I'm not the world's biggest Ricky Gervais fan, but The Office, I thought, was you know toe-curlingly, embarrassingly brilliant. And he's, he's got his mate coming in. I've forgotten the character's name. Oh, you're going to love him. You're going to love him. And this horrible bloke from sales arrives. Finchy, isn't it? Finchy. <laughs> yeah. And the guy, and what it really demonstrated, it was such a brilliant piece of writing that this guy is A, a horrible human being, just horrible. And B, he clearly loathes the Ricky Gervais character. He's not his friend at all. And Ricky Gervais is, is deflecting by saying, oh, he's having a laugh. And everything he, this horrible Finchy character is saying is vile. Yeah. And you're sitting there as the audience thinking, do you not see how much he actually dislikes you? And he's yeah. just like, just having a laugh. He's just having a laugh. No, he's not. He's destroying him bit yeah. by bit. Yeah. It's, yeah. And just sitting there, and I'm like sweating with embarrassment because it's horrible. Yes, and then this is what Frank actually sort of gets to towards the, the end of his conclusion, is that what, that's what we need, is more, more kindness to each other. Yeah. Um, you know, what he says is, is uh, this is fundamentally a struggle to find humanity in a world blinded by hypocrisy. The thing about it is, and I've always always believed this. If you, I, I don't read the papers and listen to the news. What you, you've got to, you do, that's what you're meant to do, because there's the real world, and then there's the fictional world, which is made up of the news reports and, all, media, and yeah. the media, and it's all nonsense. You've got to go behind all of that, and um, it's it, it, and it's depressing, and it's designed to be depressing. Mm, and when you talk to people in most walks of life. People are just people. You know, yep. when you're in the queue at the checkout at Tesco's, they're just they're just people. You can have yep. a laugh, you can have a chat. They're just people. They just want to get on with the world. You know, they're not all foaming at the mouth. We're not in all in the Westminster bubble. We're not all in the media bubble. We're just people trying to get on. And your phrase, Mark Savage, about people wanting to be kindness, if it was more kindness. And it's not a hippy dippy thing. A little bit of kindness. You yep. know, you, goes along you know, singing mummers and wearing flowers in your hair and all that crap. It, it's just, yeah. it's just a little bit of more charm, and it is a brutal world if you want it to be brutal. But it's not all terrible. No, not at all. And it's, and I've sort of learned. It's also how I do things. If I'm walking down the road and I catch my reflection in a mirror and I'm scowling, hmm. I go, "Whoa!" I'm not going to smile at myself. Whereas if I'm walking down the road and I have a pleasant feeling on yeah. my phone I'm yeah. it's how I'm outwardly I, I, I try and do this now as well someone right. told me to do this which is just try and look like when you're walking think about what your uh, facial expressions Thinking look about. like and you probably get better responses yeah. and I was and just reading you know, if I just saying if we all want change then surely the best place to start is just with ourselves and so if I'm if I'm walking down the road and I happen to be thinking 
scowling thoughts and I'm anxious and going through my usual stuff and then you're not really you're going to stay and away yeah, from people me. stay away from it and you project it as well don't you absolutely you, it's like yeah. if you just have Negativity. a smile it's like I, I, I don't know it's something I've been trying to do recently because someone told me to do it and it's like yeah. I don't know but everything seems to be a lot smoother Yes. You know, and if I have an issue, if I come up to someone with a smile, it's always a lot easier. But also, immediately if escalate. you start with negative thoughts, they spiral out of control. Yes. And you think, well, I'm going to go to this meeting, and this is going to, and it's going to be... T- and, and, you know, eventually you get to the stage where you think, well, someone's going to pull a gun out. And you think, it's a meeting... I'm doing a stupid example, but it's a meeting. But it's, what's yeah. the worst case? You're going to have a conversation. You may agree, you may not agree. You know, it's not... Don't build it up into something. And it, it's human nature. You know, it's yeah. like the it's like that very old gag which you will know much better than I, which I'll paraphrase. You know, the bloke's returning somebody's his next door neighbor's screwed his next door screwdriver, or, or he's no, he's, he's returning his next door neighbor's electric drill, and he builds it up and builds it up that his neighbor's going to say, you know, what, you've got my drill, and, and, and he's just returning it, and he, the, he presses the doorbell, and he's built it up that the neighbor's going to be so angry, and he says, you can shove your drill up your ass, and he's, that's what he says to the neighbor, because he's built it up in his head, Yes, and that's, that's human nature for you, you Definitely. don't need to, it, yeah. once you start the negative thoughts, that's yeah, what it happens. Snowballs. snowballs. Yeah, it just completely, snowballs. completely snowballs. And and then you lose all perspective of reality, like the, stu- the drill. You yes. know, like yeah, that's catastrophizing. You, you, all you, the guy wanted was his drill, drill back. back. He, he was going to say, yeah. "Oh, thank you very much." Uh, no, the and guy's he's built it up, and then he's going to be furious that he's kept it an extra two days or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah and you're right, you're right. You have this meeting, you say, "I think this is going to happen." I've got to get that train. I've got to get the tube all the way through East London. This is going to happen to me. So by the time you get there, you're dripping in sweat. You're yeah. aggravated. You know. Yeah. It, it's it's uh, thing. And these are all the themes that Frank actually talks about in, in, in the show. That, and I had no yeah. idea because apart from reading, you know, the synop- a very brief synopsis here, on, you know, a quarter of a side of paper, I had no idea. So, but I guess then it's, it is an, it's a thing that people obviously can relate to because okay. as soon as we sort of start out the, the little conversation of what it's about, it, we, we build on that. Of what it is, and so, um, and it's great because Frank actually does. It, it, I go on a journey with him, and yeah. and it, it's really good. And all these small little bits that peel off, that actually do pinpoint why he's actually considering doing what he's considering. I mean, it, you know, there's a dark family tragedy lurking at the heart of all Frank's story, and by him actually orating and being spontaneously as well, so he's not. As an actor, the whole thought of coming to do something live, unscripted, that put, I was anxious this morning. As soon as I knew Matteo was on, it's like having a wingman, you know, as soon as I you shut up. You could be up, my wingman anytime. It's, it's great, you know. But it's nice. And I know it, thank you, and it is. And I, you know, and I know him and whatever. So it is also that the, the anxiety went. Didn't well, feel so, what we were talking about earlier on as well, about loneliness. Didn't feel so lonely anymore. You I didn't like feel lonely. I, yeah, I had a mate coming along. Well, it's also that we try. Well, I, I've certainly tried. I, I never wanted this to be an adversarial situation. And I, I didn't want it to be an inquisition. I wanted it always to try and be a conversation. Yeah of which you don't just fire a million questions and then you've got... You, you can see I don't have any notes in front, apart from... The no, it's great. The it's notes, nice and spontaneous. Put, put the notes that, that James prepares for me, it's on two sides of paper, but I don't write down any double questions. Double-sided? Yeah. Double-sided because we save the planet <laughs> every day. Um, <laughs> no, we do. What the hell? That's fine. Why, why shouldn't you put it double-sided? It makes sense. And it's one less piece of paper. Um, and I hate paper. So, um, But it is just trying to do a conversational thing and I think people... Uh, we've only had one... <laughs> One. 
Well, one guest walk out. <laughs> Close. Yeah. Well, we wanted to kill him. Yeah. Just couldn't talk. He was no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking at him. He's looking at me. We're thinking one of us is just going to punch this guy in a second. He was the. We can't. We can't. We can't discuss. We can't discuss it. He came in. He came in to put forward a certain um, point of service and a point of view about food. Well, he was a vegan, to be perfectly honest with you, and uh, and he was the most like, one of the most aggressive people I've ever, I mean I started broadcasting in 1984 I've stopped two broadcasts and that was one of them in my entire career and I've never met well, anyone so aggressive and I w we were looking at each other thinking is this us or is he really just so aggressive and he, he was unbelievable wasn't he I've never seen anything he like was it. a nice guy he really wasn't <laughs> and, and the PR woman bless her was sitting behind going I thought we were just going to talk about lovely vegan cakes the interesting my personal experience of so made it so surreal. My experience of aggressive people, including myself, when I feel my, myself getting uh, mm. aggressive, is fear, some fear. kind of fear. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It, I would normally, mm. you know what, Mark? I'd normally agree, and I'm not going to mention this, this guy's names or what he was doing, but I don't think he was afraid at all. I just think he was a very well, aggressive. Aggr 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 aggression normally comes from fear, or it, it's like passed on, isn't it? So if someone's mean to you, you're mean to yeah. them, isn't it? Sort of thing. But yeah, I kind of, I'm kind of wrestling this. People, do people do kind, kind of. They they cover it up, you know. If you, somebody starts being aggressive, it's like whoa. I, I, I of react, I react very badly. To it, I'll be honest, <laughs> I, I really do. I can't. <laughs> no, I, I'm not. It's like, why are you doing this? You know, life's so short. Why are you being so aggressive about it? There was someone I know. Right. I mean, he, he in the end, you, you'd have a conversation with him. By the end of the conversation, for whatever reason, and I don't know why, it'd be like a conversation now. Being so, he would be irate and start screaming, shouting. At the end, he'd be like, where did that come from? He had no idea. We talked about like this, and then he just yeah. <laughs> Give me a bit of a fright. Right. And I hate not taking people's call. I no, that's me. I turned call. him down. So. Well, when he was calling me, I just, just don't take the call. I just I can't. I can't. I can't. I can't, I can't, I can't today. Because you gotta get me irate. I don't know what you're gonna say after ten Why seconds. Why do you have to be available to everybody all the time? Yeah, exactly. If I see people that. phoning, and I'm not in the right, if I'm doing something or concentrating, or I'm not in the right frame to have. It won't be a short conversation. I won't take the call. Then I'll call back and I can have a nice, proper conversation. I don't want to have conversation when I'm trying to do something else. I, I've, I've got friends like that, which I, I'll, call, I'll text them or call them that, and I know they, t they won't take the call, and they'll call me the next day. Yeah. Say, look, I was with my kids. I saw you calling. Yeah. I know it was an important. I, I thought I'd call you now. Yeah. So you can expect that boundaries. Yeah. Well, there's, certain, there's certain people, if they phone you, think, oh, it's an emergency. Like me, you think, oh, think, oh man, now what? Now what? We're not going to be on the show. It's Matty. Yeah. Yeah. When am I? You haven't forgotten I'm coming on the show. When am I coming? When am I coming on the show? What? <laughs> just just tell us again as we wind up to the top of the hour uh mark just just tell us where we, oh, we've got a couple of minutes left so just just tell us again when we can see the play and where we can see the play i've got the notes but i want to come from you it's human issue it's at clapham fringe it's next sunday the 5th of october i think it's the 5th or the 6th 6th, 6th thank you 6th of october well at 5 p.m uh, so it's a nice, it's a nice time to see a play, isn't it? Lovely, yep. On a games, Sunday, good, yes, exactly. Good. Just good. Good. in between, yes. Or we'll have lunch before. Yeah, and there's, <laughs> yeah, there's well, some few lobster. plays on afterwards, which, which worth are worth catching on, on around the same thing. How the long female one. How long is the Clapham Fringe on for? Oh, like a while, like a week. Yeah, yeah, it's all sort of. I think bless a week them for doing it, though. It's fantastic, and they're really doing really, really great. Quickly, quickly as we come up. Do you think that art has never been more important in a world that's so fractured 
absolutely. Um, as we know, it's great for all kinds of mental health anyway, whether you're actually engaging in it or watching it or whatever. I was at the Bread and Roses last night watching a great little play, Mercy, but it was really lovely to be sitting in there and all communicating through watching something and all finding the same thing funny. Yeah. And just feeling that communication. And obviously, because it's a theatre, you're not going to go and have a conversation. I do, I am sort of kind of socially awkward, so it's lovely to be around there, enjoy the same thing, and then I, you know, can say my hellos and goodbyes and yeah. whatever, and then when I... I, um, I've only, I was only thinking only the other day that, you know, the world is... They're, they're trying so hard to divide us here and in America, mm. and I think that art... In all its forms, whether it's music, and that's why we had Barb Younger on the other day, uh, it was a brilliant album, uh, and uh, art, or even paintings, when I can't paint, and all that sort of stuff, is, I think it's never been more more needed. I'm Russ Kane. This is Men's Radio Station. It's been a belter of a show. I hope you've enjoyed it.